Let's talk about lead generation. Yesterday I was asked by an advisor, what lead generation tactics can I use to get new groups? And so I want to talk about the eight specific things that actually work for me personally. So to be clear, I am not out there hunting for business. I am running our benefits TPA. I'm very happy to do so. But every week I get about three unsolicited leads that fall into my lap and they come from eight different sources. So I wanted to talk about what these specific sources are and they're not hypotheticals. These are real examples of companies that um, sought out benefits, asked through their network or found me somehow. I then referred it back to an advisor that we work with in that postal code or in that area. Um, and so let's just get started. My name is Yafa Sakija. I'm the CEO of Beneplan. Um, so the first one is really writing online. Um, there have been times where I just really felt passionately about a subject and benefits and so passionately that the geek inside me wanted to share it with the world. So I contacted industry magazines like uh, Benefits and Pensions Monitor or HR Professional Magazine or even Benefits Canada. Um, and, you know, these are not big, glamorous, like Vogue, Mary Claire magazines. They're just, you know industry magazines that people read. Um, and really some of the times the people, I thought I was talking to brokers, but a lot of plan sponsors um, or employers who purchase benefit plans do read these as well, especially the, the most educated the one, ones, the ones that are curious, the ones that read and research, and those are really the best customers. So um, I once wrote an article uh, called 33 Ways That You Can Reduce Costs in Your Benefit Plan for HR Professional Magazine, and then like, People just called me directly. And so, you know, I still, they were not in my our postal code. We were not even working in that postal code. So I found a broker in that postal code said, hey, do you want to set up a relationship? Let's, let's do this. But that's something where I really was not expecting any leads to come from that. Um, so that's one, writing for industry magazines. Um, the second one would be actually using your personal network. So while this is a cliche, it is literally true. I'm on LinkedIn. I've got a personal Instagram page. And while, again, I'm not using these methods to promote myself, there are times in my life where I just felt feel really strongly about something and I share something. And then inevitably people within my network. So, you know, I'm 34 years old. I've been on social media <laughs> since it started. So I probably have a few thousand contacts um, between Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. So, you know, I'm not trying to get famous here, but um, as an example, when I gave birth and I was um, trying to feed my child and I was deciding between like milk versus formula and the medical equipment that you can use, I wrote about breast pumps and if they're covered through insurance, and then I got three leads from that, just people in my network that were like, oh, yeah, you know about benefits. Can you help me? Um, and so, again, like I'm trying to farm those out back to brokers that we work with. But that was that was really a shock to me because I never thought that using my personal network um, would work that way. Now, to be clear, like I'm not specifically using it to get business. And I think that's where I'm being successful because I'm being authentic. I'm using my own voice. I'm using my own experiences and I'm using I'm even actually sharing the 5% that you normally wouldn't share with your network online, like talking about breast pumping online, most people would not. Some of you might even be cringing listening to those words breast pump together on a podcast, sorry. But I think like people want to hear authentic stories and they want to hear it from your own voice. And so I think to the extent that you can talk about that, talk about your own interactions with healthcare and asking, you know, why are things the way they are? Um, you know, I was talking about fertility coverage recently. I was also talking about men's mental health because men are successful at committing suicide to the rate of five times that what women are. And so I'm thinking, well, how are benefit plans structured to support male mental health needs and how are they different from female mental health needs? And 
are we inadvertently discriminating against males because we don't have I don't know. I mean, I'm just asking the questions. I'm just having the conversations. And in doing so, because they're authentic, I think people are finding me and saying, okay, you seem to know what you're doing. You seem to be authentic. Do you want to help me out um, with our benefit plan? Um, you know, the other part of my network is I'm part of business owner groups and I use those groups as support for how to elevate myself within business. And I I truly, from the bottom of my, my heart, do not join those groups because I want to solicit business. I'm just joining them because I would love to elevate within my own craft of running a business. And, but again, in talking to people and being in those circles and people eventually knowing that I'm trustworthy, I'm credible, I'm on time. I show up to meetings when I say I'm going to show up. Um, I pay the bill when I say I'm going to pay the bill, like all of those tiny things are sowing the seeds of trust. And, you know, if you're looking to build your book of business, you're looking at building a long-term career. Like, you know, this is a career that you can take for the next few decades if you are you know willing and keen to do that so i i'm you know telling you to be absolutely patient and just let those seeds be planted and you know water them and watch them grow so the third thing that i've seen work really well is direct mail um so back before um 2009 beneplan used to sell direct because we were so small and we thought you know no one's going to buy um benefits through a company that no one's ever heard of so we better go ahead and Get our own name out there. So we used to use letters, and you know now we're in 2020 at the recording of this podcast. It's possible that direct mail might still not might not be relevant anymore. But um, you know we used to send letters out, and they were just very very simple, like a one page on letterhead, black and white, from our CEO to their CEO saying, "Hey, this is what we do. This is how we can save money. Um, this is how we pay back dividends. Contact us if you want to learn more." And we would pay, you know, for the postage. We pay for the printing. So we'd spend a few thousand dollars, but then inevitably we would get 10 or 15 leads that came from that. And then if we were able to close those leads, then that's good. So it, you know, it does impact your ability to close, but um, we used a company called Scott's directory. Uh, we paid $2,000 a year for that list. And then they would update that list all the time. You can sort it by number of employees. You can sort it by industry, sort it by postal code or by city. Um, so we just bought the Ontario one because that's the only place we were pro prospecting back then. Um, and then, you know, we don't buy that anymore because we exclusively sell through the broker channel. But I remember that being something that we did. And every time we did that, we got a number of leads through the door. Um, you know, the other piece I want to talk about is service. So the fourth area is really if you're servicing an existing walk of business or you have an opportunity to assist in servicing, you know, if you can service to the nth degree, if you can treat that customer absolutely with white glove service, that person, that human being is going to remember that. And most people don't stay at companies for 30 years anymore. They switch, they go from company to company, and they might actually, if you are their preferred vendor to work with, if you become their person, that every company they go to, they're going to try to bring you in. Now that said, um, there's going to be internal politics at that company. You know, you're going to have to deal with um, maybe a different group of influencers. But that said, the more I was successful in servicing business that I was given when I was younger, um, I find like now, you know, 10 years later, people are reaching out to me saying, hey, Yaffa, like, I remember you really knew what you were talking about. Now I'm at this company. I got promoted. Can you please talk to me? So, you know, I'm not saying that that was an instant win. It's certainly the long game. But the more I see other brokers in the field and how they're successful, oftentimes people are following them from when they were the service rep at Desjardins, at Great West Life, at Sun Life, et cetera. 
Um, the fifth one is Google. So simply when people are Googling questions for employee benefits, and so, um, you know, I'm not an expert in SEO. I know there are whole crafts and even like degrees <laughs> dedicated to search engine optimization, but again, you know, writing online and talking about what we do, there was a point in time where I was blogging once a week for Bennett plan. And when I did that over years, you start to build credibility within Google. And then there were certain keywords that I didn't even think were meaningful that people were just naturally searching for. And so if you've got your website hooked up to Google Analytics or Google Keyword Tool or Research Tool, it's probably called something different now, to be honest, because it's a long time since I looked at it. Um, but I find we still get people who call us directly because they Googled us and they said, well, I was just Googling group benefits or I was Googling um, when will medical marijuana be covered by a benefit plan and I found you. So I'd like a quote. So we probably get one lead per week that come directly from our site because people are Googling and finding us somehow. Um, so again, I would say like write and write as much as you can. Don't worry about the quality or sources or the length. I would say just like, just get the information out there because I think Google cares more about like consistency. Um, are there other sites with credibility that are linking to your site? Like uh, like the Globe and Mail is a credible site. Facebook and LinkedIn are credible sites too. So they've got high search authority. If you're linking back to your site with within those networks, like Google is going to be pushing that up. Um, and then of course, you wanna make sure that you're controlling the conversation. When people meet you, they're gonna Google your name. They're gonna <laughs> paste your name in the search engine bar. And so you wanna control the message that they're seeing. You don't want them to see you know, the 5K race you ran um, eight years ago and your time is on there. Like you want them to see the literature that you've deliberately put on there. So, um, you know, again, to go back to like, using Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, like all of these sources, you might think it feels inauthentic and cheesy, but um, Google is looking to those sources for authority. Um, the sixth one I would talk about is lunch and learn. So uh, I looked at WeWorks recently in Toronto and I had a friend who come, came and visit me and I was thinking instantly, you know what, within Toronto, at least where we're located, there are six different WeWorks and they seem to be building them all the time. Um, so if you get a hot desk membership there, you are able to work at any WeWork and you're able to of course, talk to people and network. Now that said, I don't know how much you might wanna spend on a WeWork membership. It could be a few hundred dollars a month to a thousand dollars a month, depending on the space you want. However, um, they have told me that there are people that will cold call WeWork um, community managers directly. And like, we'll reach out to them on LinkedIn and say, hey, you know, I'm a local naturopath. I would love to have a lunch and learn at your, um, at your workplace, I'll buy lunch. Can you please promote it for me? And they don't purchase a WeWork membership, but they're just working, you know, to build those connections. So that community manager told me, yeah, we did allow that natural growth to come in. And no, they don't buy a WeWork membership. They just came on in. And so I saw that and I saw there was a real estate agent holding a session and all they did was post on the WeWork um, site. So if you remember, you're on this kind of like social media site for WeWork, you get this feed that you're scrolling through and they just post, hey, we're buying lunch. We're in this room. We booked a room. Come and say hi. Come and meet us. And 25 people showed up. And so, you know, that's something where I have not personally used it. But I think if you want to experiment with co-working spaces, you might get a lot of micro tiny businesses. But if you're interested in the long game, eventually statistically like one in 10 or one in 20 of those businesses will pop, will grow. Um, and at minimum, if you're interested in selling individual life, then you've got um, a direct line into some early stage business, business owners there. Um, so I would say, look at lunch and learn. The seventh piece would be centers of influence. So partnering up with other 
um, trusted advisors that small, medium, or even large businesses, depending on your target market, use. So I'm thinking about um, employment lawyers that work for um, employer side law as opposed to labor side law. I'm talking about accountants, um, corporate lawyers, uh, you know, you name it, like any of these services that business owners are using, even bookkeepers. Like if you're able to build a network there um, and and create like a, like a, a center of influence where you're referring leads to each other, I found that to be really successful. So again, ironically, it's, it's usually all the times in my life where I'm not actually trying to get out business that business seems to fall in my lap. Like I, we have an employment lawyer um, that helps us with our own HR contracts at Benefit Plan and make sure that we're compliant and up to date. And so in just working with them and being a customer to them that is um, honest and kind and reliable and treats them like human beings and pays invoices on time, I guess they start to like me and they start sending leads my way. So they'll say, hey, you know, you're helping Peter with an HR issue. Um, do you want to do his benefits? Because he, now he's asking me for benefits help and I don't know what to do. So Again, I'm farming those back out to the advisors that sell our product, but I thought that that was really interesting that my life as a customer out there purchasing services for my business, I was able to even build connections with those vendors, not meaning to, but I thought that was interesting. And then the last lead gen source I want to talk about, this is really the holy grail. If you can get this, the eighth lead gen tool that works for me, um, I think that if you can really build this, this is the mecca of lead generation. This is really what's going to get your business to the next level if you're successful. But I say it's the holy grail in the mecca because it takes a long time to build. And that is insurance companies themselves. So who receive the most leads? Insurance companies. When people are Googling group benefits, they're going to find Manulife, Sunlife, Great West Life. Like these big companies are going to come at the top of the search page. Um, and they're going to be calling them directly. So by and large, the majority of new, I guess you call them virgin groups or companies that have never had a benefit plan before are going to call insurance companies directly to say, I need a plan for my seven employees, my 15 employees, my 28 employees. And insurance companies really hate servicing small businesses. Like, you know, if a thousand life company calls through the call center, they're definitely going to be taking that direct. I don't care what anybody says, they're going to be doing that, but they typically don't call the call center. It's small businesses that call the call center. And so the call center is going to refer it to their internal sales team. Their internal sales team is going to think, okay, who's going to work with us. And so, you know, I'm talking about, um, I'm in 2020, like it's, I've been in this business since I was younger. Um, it's been more than 10 years. And now finally in my career, am I getting insurance companies saying, Hey, Yaffa, we know that you can do a good job. Um, this person called the call center. They're looking for a benefit plan. Can you help them? And so that those eight methods, um, I'm just going to go through them one more time quickly. So number one, writing for industry magazines, number two, direct mail, sending letters, like literally <laughs> old fashioned Canada post to businesses. Number three, using your own personal network, being authentic. Number four, servicing existing business to the nth degree. Number five, taking advantage of Google and search engine optimization. Number six, uh, lunch and learns, potentially working in co-working spaces. Number seven, centers of influence. And number eight, carriers themselves. Notice that there's one lead gen strategy that I have left off. And that is the number one strategy that brokers are using. And that is just picking up the phone or email. It's still, you know, the brute force method of just like calling every single company in the phone book. Um, I find like I've never done it. People that I know do it. 
you know, you've got to make a hundred calls a day. You've got to hear a lot of no's and that's fine. I mean, if you're willing to put in the work, I think cold calling and knocking on doors the old fashioned way does work. Um, there's a broker that I work with who built his block over five years from nothing um, in his community. He's in a, um, a smaller urban center, but you know, he'll go door to door. He'll, he'll sit in the office of a company and he'll say, I'm not leaving until I see the president. Cause I want to talk to them about how I can save the money on benefits. And it becomes a joke almost because the first three times he shows up, they're like, no, you can stand outside. You can wait. And then the fourth time they're like, oh, you're still here. You brought me Tim Hortons. Oh, you know, I like the double level. Oh, fine. Okay. Let me see if Peter's in. So um, you know, that approach does work for people. I've just personally never used it. So I personally cannot say um, what the success rates are. And then with email, like because of Castle or the Canadian anti-spam legislation, it's just becoming harder and harder to just blast and spam people right now. I don't know to what extent email works. If you want to experiment it, fine, you're going to need a legal way to do so. Um, if you want to do it illegally or just start spamming people, you could get in trouble. Um, your name could get caught in spam filters or worse, you could be faced with a penalty or a fine. So I just want to put that out there that while those are the most popular techniques, those have never actually brought me prospects. What has brought me prospects are the eight uh, taxes that I previously shared. So if you like this episode, if you want to hear something different, please feel free to reach out. You can contact me at yaffa at beneplan.ca or reach out to us at beneplan.ca directly. Thank you so much for listening.